Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Working Tools Masonic Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Massey, a Master Mason and Mark Master Mason from Victoria, British Columbia. With me, of course, is Worshipful Brother Stephen Chung, my colleague. Ah. The computer made noise. Sorry. <laughs> um, with me is my co-host and uh, friend, Worshipful Brother Stephen Chung. And, of course, today we're super excited to have with us most Worshipful Brother, Barry Birch, who is the Grand Master of the Grand Lodge of British Columbia and Yukon. Now, I'll introduce him properly in a minute, but it's important to specify that our opinions are our own and by no means represent the opinions of our lodges or Grand Lodges. So, with that said, I've been given a write-up, and I'm not going to read it all. I've been told that I don't have to, but I'll read a little bit about our Most Worshipful Grand Master. Most Worshipful Brother Barry Birch was born in Winnipeg in 1946 quickly realizing that the West Coast was far more hospitable at the age of three months, he opted to grow up in Victoria. During his years at Esquimalt High School, he served in the Royal Canadian Navy Reserve. Academically, he has earned a bachelor's degree at the University of Victoria, a master's degree from Western Washington, Washington University in Education, and a diploma in public administration also from UVic. Most Worshipful Brother Birch was initiated, passed, and raised in the Duke of Connaught Lodge in North Vancouver in 1988, serving as Worshipful Master in 1996. He served, as he served Grand Lodge as District Education Officer, Regional Representative, District Deputy Grand Master on a number of Grand Lodge committees, and in the best job in the jurisdiction as Grand Director of Ceremonies. In addition, he has served over 15 years in a variety of roles in B.C. Job's Daughters, culminating as the Associate Grand Guardian in 2005, and he received the Demolay Legion Honor, being dubbed by a, a, a rather bearded past master counselor, that is, in 2018. An avid sportsman, he played North American sports, exceeding, or sorry, excelling at basketball, fast-pitch softball, field hockey. His interests include lame attempts at maintaining fitness, golf when he can, though clearly not enough, musical theater, an audience member only, which in my opinion is wonderfully unfortunate, and feeding an eclectic taste in music, and of course spoiling his grandchildren. Without a doubt, his smartest decision was marrying Anne, the lovely chief, in 1984, and they have two daughters, both of which are past honored queens of Job daughters and two grandchildren. So with that said, Steve and I are incredibly excited to introduce and welcome Most Worshipful Brother, Barry Birch. Well, thank you. Thank you, Brother Massey, Brother Chung. Uh, it's, always in, it's always engaging to have your, uh, your bio read exactly the way you wrote it, so I, I appreciate that. And part of the reason why we set things up that way is we all take Freemasonry seriously and we work hard at being freemasons but we we ought not to take ourselves take ourselves seriously so that's kind of the way that i try to communicate that to the brothers so uh, this morning this afternoon actually i guess it is uh what i wanted to what i wanted to talk about uh, a little bit with with everyone was uh how we've gone about setting up our our plan here for the next several years and I, one of the things that you don't get a chance to do 
when you're speaking to brethren in a in a lodge is you don't really get a chance to get into uh, an in-depth uh, you know sort of an in-depth review of, of why you have chosen to go in a certain direction so <clears throat> excuse me so let me see if I can if I can make this screen share thing work and now if the instruction you gave me earlier is correct you should see change what i'm going to do here you should see this uh, join our pledge to build a stronger craft is that what you're seeing there we're not seeing it yet oh hmm so have I done something wrong here? Screen share. Let's try this again. Start screen share. There, there we, we go. go. Oh. So you're seeing the, the hands? Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So just by by way of explanation, so this is uh, you know this is for the British Columbian Yukon, and what became uh, apparent apparent to me was we've had a, a over the years uh, uh, some absolutely wonderful grandmasters who have worked really hard to to build the craft, and we have we have been making some progress. The thing that that I noticed, however, was that a lot of good ideas didn't tend to carry on much after a particular grandmaster's year. Uh, and in, in our in our jurisdiction, traditionally, uh, grandmasters have had a, a a yearly thing, if you will. And so the thought struck me that. Um, some of the things that we need to do to to make the improvements in Freemasonry that I think we all want uh, take a little longer than a year uh, and some of them take a lot longer than a year and so I had a conversation with the the grandmaster of the day when I was deputy grandmaster and that's most worship brother Ron Yates and I explained to him my idea of how I thought we could proceed in subsequent years and to his credit uh, he he uh, he gave me the the license to go ahead and start to work on on this idea and so i spoke with the then senior grand warden uh, right wish brother doug franklin and the junior grand warden right wish brother don mckenzie and basically shared the idea that why don't we three the three of us work together for the next three years um on a program that all three of us can support so rather than um what you frequently hear sometimes from other jurisdictions my year my way what we were looking for was three years the same way in essence and so this is the uh this is kind of the the guiding image if you will um that was produced for us by uh, by a brother here in British Columbia, Wilson Beckett. So, so very simply, uh, 
we're staying the course for the next three years and we're focused essentially on two things uh improving the quality of freemasonry that each one of us experiences in our lodge and we're also focused on raising the profile of freemasonry in our communities uh, it's it's our belief that uh there are thousands there are thousands of men in british columbia and yukon who are looking for exactly what freemasonry has to offer but they have no idea they have no idea that that we exist so so that in essence is what uh is what our our three-year plan is and and basically we're, we're asking brethren to to apply the tools uh, you can see at the bottom of the uh, of the image there uh, civility, which is one of the programs that that we run here in British Columbia Yukon, and you know, obviously spelled out by the working tools. And we could have a field day, maybe in a future podcast, of going over each of those tools and discussing them in some depth. I think that would be a, that would be a wonderful thing to do. So, so that in essence is what. Uh, what we're trying to accomplish here for the for the next three years mm -hmm. quality of freemasonry our lodges and raise the profile of freemasonry those are the two areas now um, you know you're probably think, thinking to yourself yeah those are pretty broad terms could it not be more specific well they were chosen and written that way intentionally uh because each one of us, I think, could could see could see ways that uh, we think we could improve the quality of Freemasonry that we experience in our lodges. For example, there's a lot of different ways to do that, and different lodges have different approaches. So that's that's in essence why why that kind of the kind of those broad categories were created. So you've so, so you've set this this where you. Uh, Right, Wishful Brothers, uh, Mackenzie and Franklin have set this uh, this incredible goal that you're hoping to achieve over the next three years. Correct. Um, how are you How are you going about reaching those goals? Well, <clears throat> excellent question, Connor. And the we came to uh, we came to the Grand Lodge communication last June when uh, we were installed in our in our current offices now, and uh, we decided that we wanted to come uh, with the tools to uh, with the tools to to make this actually happen, and so hence you know apply our tools. We have the tools. Not only the the working tools that you see in civility, but uh, but also the the capability of examining how Freemasonry is currently working for each and every one of us. So we went about. We'll see if this see if I can get this to change the screen here to the large health assessment. Okay, that's not working. <laughs> So do I have to get out of this image to get to the next one? I would, uh, on the left-hand side of your screen, it looks like number five is highlighted. If you want to change it to number six, just click on the image beside the number six. Okay. 
actually I was trying to get to I was trying to get to number eight here yeah. then yeah just click on number eight yeah I'm doing that it's not happening uh oh uh, try okay. try using the directional keypads like the uh, left and right buttons uh, it's not working either hitting, I don't try. see his mouse anywhere try hitting escape yeah. Um, well, there you are again. There I am. Uh, how how thrilling! Um, so let me let me try this. See if I can go back in and see if I can get. There we go. I see your mouse now. There we are. Yep. Lodge health assessment. Is that what you're seeing? Yep. yep. Okay. So um, how we've gone about doing this is we've, we've essentially asked uh, every brother in the jurisdiction to um, think about uh, how their lodge is operating and is it, is it, functioning uh, the way you want it to function? Are you gaining from your lodge what you need to become a better Freemason, in essence, is really what, what we wanted brethren to consider. So rather than have brothers do that individually and come to their own conclusions, we actually, I worked with a group of brothers for almost two years to create uh, what we call the Lodge Health Assessment. And in essence, what this is, is it's an examination. It's a competency-based examination of, of how your Lodge is functioning. So we opted to, to have this as a group activity, and many Lodges, <clears throat> many Lodges undertook this process with the members of their, of their Lodge, and we examined, uh, again, we, are we seeing the seven competencies there? Yes. Yep. Good. So we basically asked, asked all the brethren of the lodge to get together and examine their lodge on these seven competencies. And uh, very quickly, um, uh, lodge management basically speaks to uh, you know, is 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 it well organized, or are we? Uh, is our, our finances in good shape? Are are we meeting all of our obligations according to the constitution and regulations? Uh, sustainability planning. Uh, you know, is is our uh, you know to to be uh, a bit flippant about this. Uh, you know, is our planning horizon longer than the next meeting? Do we have a do we have a longer term plan to sustain our lodge or make improvements where we need it? Uh, there are a, a lot of lodges do a lot of really really good things in this area, but my experience is that most uh, uh, most lodges are kind of operating from meeting to meeting. Uh, I, know, fellowship, I think you know, I know that when we health? did this, um, that the questions that were asked made us really think about the things that 
we should be thinking about uh, in uh, getting our lodges prepared to, to move forward over the next decade with growth? Well, you know, again, with the sustainability planning, what we what we wanted exact that's exactly what we wanted to have happen is uh, brethren that have been in the lodge for some time and may may have thought they maybe could have done a little bit better, uh, or newer brethren who um, were looking for a longer term commitment from their lodge to make a longer term commitment to the lodge. If, if you understand the, the significance there, that's what we hoped uh, would, would come out of that. And uh, Stephen, it's, I, you know, I've heard this comment a number of times from brothers, you know, we, we kind of talk about it, but we never actually did anything about it. So, uh, so fellowship, uh, you know, when, when you read uh, Masonic surveys, and, and a lot of this uh, a lot of this is based on a lot of research that I did after after I was elected as junior grand warden in uh, June of 2015, I read a lot of Masonic surveys. And there's two things that draw, that are the initial draw for brothers. One is fellowship, and the, the other is education or enlightenment. Uh, of the two, fellowship is is the one that's more pronounced. And so, if if a new brother is not feeling the love in the lodge, this is this is a big problem. So, so there were, and uh, and for each of these uh, competencies, there were four to six different questions that that teased out the reality in the lodge. Again, education, Masonic education, learning. Uh, uh, learning about the craft, learning about yourself in the craft. Important part of that, the competency of community engagement is literally uh, how how relevant are you to your community? What are what are you doing to support the community? Every every Freemasons <coughs> every Freemasons lodge ought to be. Uh, Ought to be making some kind of con community contribution. So there were a number of questions on that. Uh, charity, in the broadest sense of that word, uh, charity doesn't mean reaching into your pocket and pulling out 50 bucks to put in the pot. It really is that uh, uh, charitable feeling that Freemasons should acquire to help others that, that need us to help, help them. And, and that's not always that's not always money. Uh, in fact, we encourage we're trying to encourage uh, lodges to provide service. You know, where need is, we'll lay hold with dispassionate courage. Uh, and the Masonic experience basically is a um, how are all these things are all these things in balance? Are we? Uh, you know, some lodges are really good at some things and not so good at others. So this was kind of a catch-all thing. So out of all of that, uh, each lodge received uh, an assessment based on the input of their brethren, which identified uh, relative strengths and weaknesses. And hopefully, I don't know why this is, why this is not coming up intuitively. 
try to min uh, go to uh, your top left corner of the blue picture and uh, uh, click on the yellow circle to minimize it, and maybe it'll bring up what you're trying to bring up. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not actually seeing that anywhere. Uh, we'll try this. Oh. There, it's gone now. There you go. So that's live. There we go. There we are. So, so what we what we've ended up with, and um, <clears throat> um, the this is the rank average of competency scores across across the jurisdiction. So, so what we have is one hundred and twenty. 122 out of 134 lodges participated in this process. So each of those lodges, and scores is the wrong term, it's actually values. The values for each lodge were then uh, put together and uh, averaged out so that each district had a overall value comprised of all seven of those competencies. And those district were then averaged out, and here's here's the uh, here's the the overall uh, competency values for the jurisdiction. And what's interesting, the, the relative values, of course, are important, but it's the uh, the comparison between them that I, I find most intriguing. And the, the areas that we most frequently hear about um, that are problematic for brothers who are considering uh, walking away from the craft is, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not feeling the love here of the brothers. The, the fellowship is not, is not readily apparent to me. And, um, you know, I thought I would learn more about Freemasonry uh, and thereby learn more about myself. So, you know, fellowship and education are not highly rated by, by the <coughs> brethren in their lodges. So what, what each lodge would receive, and um, I haven't been able to... Um, create this this image. I'm not very good at this stuff, but each lodge would would see uh, um, an outcome like this, where each of those seven competencies would be would be ranked uh, for their particular lodge. So, so the idea here again is that we want brethren to engage in their lodge, to look at how their lodge is operating provide feedback to their worshipful master who receives this report. Uh, and, and then basically the lodge, what we hope will happen is the lodge will look at this and say, you know, we need to, we need to make some improvements here. Um, and here are the two or three areas that we want to focus in on for the next, for the next couple of years. So that's, that's in essence what this is. So if you go back to the start of this whole continuum, we want brethren to be engaged in the lodge, to identify what's most important to them, to their lodge, and then hopefully the lodge will go about making those improvements that have been identified. Well, it, it kind of had that effect <coughs> somewhat in a roundabout way in our lodge. 
we received this this uh, collective report that you guys had sent back and went through it in our lodge as was as was requested and i was really glad that it was requested that it was you know particularly the red out rather than just passed around because it did strike up conversation and the brethren that were not feeling the love of education <coughs> had specifically said i'm not getting the kind of education i thought i was going to get and that made me think deeply on well how do we get that to them and then other things have come up which we can talk about later uh <coughs> pardon me that i explained we've now got going and are working on but this was a great thing that you did well you know this is a pretty dramatic uh, pretty dramatic departure for for our jurisdiction now we we've had surveys done in the past uh but what what has happened uh, we've got this data, uh, and I mean, I've, I've looked at it, I've had access to it for, for a few years now, but most brethren don't, don't see that. You do a survey, particularly a, a, a craft-based thing, and you may or may not see the results. Well, the beauty of this system is why it took so long to put together is that the feedback is instantaneous. Mm -hmm. So if you do this process online, and it's capable of doing that, um, you basically, as, as you complete each competency, you answer all the questions, your, your value comes up right away. So there you are, you've done it. And here's, here's our, here's the value that we have in this particular competency. And so that was the, that was to me, it was one of the most exciting parts about, about this, that your, your feedback is instantaneous. The master now has, has all of this information. And now you can start to uh, break it down and, and look at some detail here and start to start to work on, on making improvements if you choose, if you so choose. Absolutely. So you've you've clearly put a lot of work. Well, you you and you and the other people on the ground line have clearly put a lot of work into this. And um, I have a question that I want to ask, but first I have a story, and I think I was telling you about this earlier. Uh, when Henderson Lodge did our lodge health assessment, uh, we were going over it. And if I if I remember correctly, one of the questions is about has ten members of your lodge visited mm. in the last in the last month? And it, 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 when we were doing that, everyone looked at me because I visit a lot. I try to go to every lodge that I can. Um, because I'm only slightly obsessed with Freemasonry. And uh, the Worshipful Master piped up and said, now, Connor, it says 10 people, not one person 10 times. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what, what inspired you originally to choose to run for the Grand Line? Because, like, this is clearly a lot of work. And you've put, uh, and you continue, and are continuing to put in a lot of work. Uh, so, what what stroke of madness, I suppose, uh, <laughs> inspired you to put your name forward for for the junior grand warden's position? Well, um, 
you know, I, I don't want to sound this too too self-aggrandizing, but uh, it just uh, I was watching I was watching the the craft kind of dissipate in front of my eyes. Uh, can we unscreen share that? So oh, we can see Barry. Oh, doing. okay. Hang on. So I unscreen share. There we, there go. we go. Um, thank you. Yeah, thanks for pointing that out. Um, it'll scare a lot of people away now that my face is back. I'm sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So as I was saying, I just I don't want to sound like I'm patting myself on the back here, but I, I was watching. I was watching the craft literally dissipate in front of me. Uh, you know, we've had a, a declining uh, membership situation for some time, and I thought. I have some unique background and experience that that I could see how it could be applied in in the craft. And so, in essence, really, what what prompted me is I thought I thought my background and experience applied in the right way could conceivably make a difference. So that was, in essence, that was the that was the motivation to to move forward. Uh, I've done a lot of uh, um, community development work, strategic planning work. I uh, uh, was involved in <clears throat> advertising and promotion in, in, in my uh, professional career. And then when I retired in 2006, I actually uh, consulted internationally on, on a lot of these uh, same areas. So, you know, I thought, I think I think we can package these things up in such a way that uh, and, and make make it practical and useful, and have brethren think about uh, how they how they view Freemasonry, what it means to them, what's important to them, and how motivated appropriately they could they could reinvest, if you like, in in the craft. And despite despite my experience with my uh, personal financial portfolio, most of us, if we make an investment, we get a good return. So that was a little finance planning joke I made there about my <laughs> financial planning expertise. Uh. <laughs> but in terms of the craft, you make an investment in a craft. Uh, we all know this. You make the investment, the time and energy, it comes back to you. And so... What I really was trying to do is package a way that we could identify what was what brethren felt they needed and then give them an avenue, give them an avenue that would allow them to reinvest or invest for the first time in the craft. So that was the motivation. That's awesome. Do you guys have uh, the three of you a plan to follow up this survey with uh, another uh, tool to you know, have us, you know, revisit that in the, in the coming uh, year and two years? Well, yes. As a matter of fact, and let me see if I can, where did that screen share thing go? Uh, if I can pull up the, uh, the next, oh, there we are. The next visual. There we and, go. Uh, yes. 
Let me see. I just I did record the numbers here. Sorry about that. I can recognize it here. There we go. We're seeing that one, the three-year large strategic planning workbook, right? Yep. You see that? Okay. So, so the the I worked with one group for a couple of years. There were four of us that worked on on the lodge health assessment process. And then there was another group uh, that I worked with. Uh, again, there were four of us that worked for about eighteen months to just exactly as you as you've pointed out, uh, Stephen. The the lodge health assessment results are are, are illustrative. Uh, useful, uh, but if you don't do anything with it, uh, it's not going to make any difference. So, uh, my my experience over the last uh, over the last f almost four years now, almost five years now, because uh, I was grand director of ceremonies before I, I ran for the Grand South. So, I've had four and a half years of visiting visiting lodges. And what I observed is. Lots and lots of well-meaning uh, masters, but uh, not necessarily uh, not necessarily people that had the experience of planning, planning in a in a more formal sense. So, so this other group and I worked on um, how you could take those large health assessment results, identify the areas that you wanted to work on, and then actually build a plan to make it happen. And so, so what we have here is is our is our, is basically our workbook. And there are three there are three planning options here. Um, the third one uh, is the full meal deal. Uh, what you would probably use it's almost industry standard and there are some uh there are some in our in our craft who are used to this kind of planning process and would make use of it but really the first two are the ones where most lodges are going to probably invest their time and it's a it's basically it's a template of step-by-step -step process uh identify the issue you want to work on and it goes on a step-by-step -step basis through that through that process so you can literally build your plan um, and the idea here is that this doesn't need to be a um, um, a community a committee of the whole it can be a a subcommittee uh, two or three brothers the principal officers of the lodge uh, however the lodge decides can just go through that process so that Again, what you end up with is a plan to make the improvements that the brethren have identified. So, so speaking of identifying, I, I, like Connor, I visit a lot. When all these things came, got back sent to all of the lodges, they were all read out in all the lodges I went and visited. Nothing has been discussed or seen of since in any of them by any of them um so what i'm referring to is do you guys have like a follow-up plan to to maybe you know send another correspondence out to the lodges to get them you know to give them a little nudge and get them working on that because the only thing i've seen so far that that has 
really come from that is is a few brothers that have gotten uh, inspired by it to do a few things on their own. Well, the the actually the, I should have mentioned this right at the beginning. The mechanism for implementation of the large health assessment and the strategic planning process all goes through the district deputy grandmaster, and the district deputy has. Uh, say we had 122 and 134 lodges participate in lodge health assessment so in uh, mid-january this this uh, planning process then was released to the ddgms and their role was to uh, help implement this through their districts and communicate communicate with all their lodges and in some cases the district deputies themselves are when they're making appearances in their lodges are emphasizing the importance of working through this process. So um, I don't know when you were in the, in the lodges, uh, but I would hope if you were out and about now, you would see more of the lodges actively engaging in the, in the planning process. I am, let me see. I'm on average between two and four meetings a week. Okay. And I haven't seen it. That's why I asked. Well, I know which district you're in, so I'll be talking to the DDGMs right after this podcast because, uh, uh, you know, that's, you know, the, the, the information, as you say, the, the health assessment is useful. Uh, if nothing comes of it, it's, it's nice to have, but it's not going to make a difference. It's actually the brethren actually have to invest some time and energy in, in making the improvements. So Yeah, and, you know, there, there's, uh, I mean, it has been influential in helping in, in helping me do a few of the things that we're trying to do with respect to the education and enlightenment for the um, guys because uh, that's what they've been asking for and that's uh, what was identified when we got the review uh, so that that's been um, pretty good in that sense uh, I, I just thought it was so good it, it deserved more follow-up uh, somehow yep well, you know, it's it's something uh, when I when I go to district visits, um, I, I do PowerPoint. I use some of the same slides that I'm using here today, and specifically talk about the next steps. And uh, you know, again, I'm relying on the on the district deputies to make sure that that this is happening. Uh, you know, one of the one of the observations that I've made over the years is that. Um, there's a lot of really, really good programs that are uh, that are in place that have been created, and uh, not just stuff that we've created in our in BC and Yukon, but you know we've brought in programs from other jurisdictions that are really, really well thought out, adapted them for our needs, and have made them available. Um, and there's. They're, they're wonderful things to do, uh, but if lodges choose not to use them, uh, there's, there's not much you can do. And so what what I wanted to do, actually to go back to something I should have mentioned earlier uh, when Connor asked me the question, what motivated me to move forward, uh, was, again, I thought I could do something. I wanted some uh, mechanisms that would make things happen for the brethren. And really... Uh, what what I decided at the time is I'd, uh, I'd rather try and make a difference and fail 
than do nothing and be successful. And so, you know, and that's not a that's not a shot at past grandmasters at all. It's it was really what motivated me. So, so the the yeah the next step this lodge, this lodge strategic planning piece is is the key. Yes, uh, I'm so glad that you that you've incorporated a three year plan with that uh, with your successors because quite often you know in in our lodge settings you know one worshipful master will implement something and it'll be successful for the term that he's in and frequently the successors have their own agendas and don't carry on other practices that were implemented the year before and so having the three guys you know back to back to back all on the same page i think is so valuable yeah all right i'm trying to under there we are I'm trying to unscreen thank you connor um you know again it's it's really important that everyone understands that this is this is not um um you know, I, I've been drinking special Kool-Aid and, and I've had insights that other pan, other grandmasters haven't had in the past. We are, we are where we are and we were in a position where we could move in a, in a more strategic way because of what has gone previously. The, you know, the, the table was set for us by, by past grandmasters and, and uh, when I originally proposed this idea to uh, then senior grand warden and junior grand warden, uh, immediately it just resonated almost almost right off the hop. So, you know, we're we're in a process. We're in a three-year process. So, uh, you know, what I'm hoping is we had 122 lodges participate in lodge health assessment, and every one of them. Every one of them engages in a focused strategic plan. Uh, realistically, uh, there will be some fall off, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but I've asked the DDGMs to stay with this uh, and to keep the pot boiling. And you know, be before the year, this Masonic year is over, I'm looking for a count of how many, how many lodges have engaged. And if it's not very many, I'm going to report it. Right. Uh, you know, because that's what we're trying to do. Now, the, the other part of this is I'm in this for the next three years. So when the grandmaster elect, uh, right, wish for brother Franklin gets installed the day after he's installed, uh, he has a job for me to do that continues the three year plan. And I'll be doing that for his year. And if the next grandmaster wants me to stay in that job, I'll continue to do that job. So we're in this, all three of us are in this for the next three years. That's awesome. Yeah. Have you guys made it available, um, the, the tools that come along with these, this Grand Lodge assessment and the suggestions? Have you guys made that available on the Grand Lodge website so that, um, you know, two, three, four years down the road, guys who are coming in and, and hear little bits and pieces can access that and um, make use of those tools? Because, you know, I mean, it's one of the things that, like this podcast that we have now started, we may not have a lot of viewers right now, 
but as they grow, they all tend to start at the beginning and watch through. And when they get to this episode and they go, oh, wow, that's a cool thing. Um, you know, hopefully they have access to these things. Well, you know, after after brethren do this podcast, the the whole it, probably the entire internet will crash because you know the you know the, your grandmaster is is on on screen. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> we um, the the process, the large health assessment process, continues for the next three years. So. Um, the the committee the, the guys that put this together and by the way they they all work in the in in the industry this is what they do for a living right. so they've donated all of their professional time to put this together um, they have said that if lodges want to do this uh, every six months for the next three years the system is there and you can use it awesome so minimally what we hope will happen thank, that was a very good question Stephen thank you I, I'm should have mentioned this earlier. What we're hoping is every September, minimally every September, uh, lodges will go back, redo the lodge health assessment, and be able to gauge from the original baseline the progress that they're making. Now, you know, if the lodge doesn't do anything about it, it's probably not going to change. But for those that that invest the time and energy to do a bit of planning and a bit of work. Uh, they'll get feedback from the brethren as to whether or not their ideas are, are moving forward in the areas identified. So, so it's that's, it's that's a pretty closed cool. loop process. That's pretty cool. I um, we were discussing earlier in our uh, blue room uh, the enlightenment, the night, the more light night that we're doing in our lodge, and we are making that available in our in our district uh, and to our neighboring district. And, you know, maybe not all the lodges have had the time or resources or, or somebody willing able to put that together. Uh, but if that can uh, be simply adopted and is successful, um, we're hoping that, you know, by sharing that program uh, through with yourself and, and making it available through the Grand Lodge uh, to the membership, uh, that it can be adopted in other areas. Uh, because I know that when you're, when we discussed the, the, uh, survey and the topic of education, you know, typically in our lodge meetings, you know, where we come and we pay the bills and we do the minutes and, and things like that. And we have our, our lodge education officer, he reads a passage or something that was put together and then lodges dispersed and we and we go and there's no other thought given to it and they were wanting more so um hopefully this falls in line uh, mm -hmm. with the rest of everything and and is complementary and can be adopted um you know and, and adjusted as necessary i mean the i understand that the uh things like the six-step program have now been revised to be uh, referred to as the steps to initiation by uh, Worshipful Brother Salt and uh, resubmitted to be more streamlined uh, because, you know, it needed to be tweaked. And I think it's improvements like that by the membership that make a difference, you know. Uh, it's, it's now made it easier for some lodges to implement that process uh, with respect to the steps yeah. to initiation. So, 
hopefully we can see a lot more of those kinds of initiatives come out from uh, as a result of these yep. types of things. Well, you know, one of the things that you've identified here, Stephen, is that um, <clears throat> and one of the mo primary motivations for having an extended focus, the three-year plan, is that um, if you do something once, um, you, you learn a lot about what you have just done. If you do it again, you'll be better at it and you'll see some opportunities for improvement. And so you've identified exactly, exactly what are the other reasons for this extended uh, time frame. We do have uh, uh, a link on our uh, web, web page called Successful and Best Practices. And that's where, when we've identified things that work really, really well, we put it on that site and the idea is that brethren can go there and take a look. And if you're thinking about doing a particular kind of an event or an outreach or something like that, what we hope will happen is we'll, over time, we'll have every conceivable kind of Masonic activity in there a best practice, somebody that's put it together, a lodge that's put it together, it was successful. They identified why it was successful. They identified what they did to make it successful. And here's how it works. Here's how it was set up. And here's who you can contact if you want to ask any questions about how you could replicate that. And the that's idea, awesome. yeah. And the idea is it's not, it's not, uh, it's not a theoretical exercise. These are things that have actually happened in our jurisdiction. So, the so is other that, is that on the main page of the site? Yes, it's on. Okay. It's on. A, it's on our. Uh, once you, once you land on the page, you'll see it. Successful and best practices over in the lower left hand corner. That that'll be. I, I'm so looking forward to that site being. Uh, I know that the redoing of the site is being done now, and. Um, so that it's on a mobile friendly platform and so on uh because right now i do most of the stuff on my smartphone and i get you know, panning around that's not the easiest thing to do so that'll be nice um have things like the text messaging program been put in there and so on um not not yet okay not yet that, that is continuing to gain so much steam along with the calendar um you know i've uh, again every once in a while i don't hear anything about the these two things and then somebody says you know what i need that link i changed phones and i can't get my phone on the calendar and it's driving me nuts yeah um, well, but i'll tell you the main purpose for for my efforts into the calendar really have paid off this year the uh, uh for those who don't know there are uh in our district nine we have a Masonic calendar that is hosted by the Grand Lodge's website, and it's a Google calendar. And I man I manage that calendar for our district, and I put everything in there: the meetings for the Scottish Rite, the meetings for the Rose Croix, the Shriners. If they've given me their information, it goes in there. And we just avoided our uh, district education day being booked the same day as Grand Chapter was going to have something. Um, and because you know to to have booking conflicts is so frustrating for masons because you know they do want to go to the important things and when you got two yeah. really important things at the same time uh now they're conflicted as to which one do i go to right 
Um, and so I, I was really glad to hear that success story this, uh, this past month and, um, and to hear other things like the, the text message program guys come back and more and more people are asking to be put onto the messages. Right. So, um, you know, uh, it's things like that, that I hope to getting into, um, that best practices. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the, it's, it's populated, uh, you know, there's a, there's a, an email address there. If you've got a best practice, you send the email, uh, that comes, that comes to me, uh, because I'm kind of overseeing that and, you know, we just, we edit things and, and I might ask a few questions just to clarify and then bang up it goes and it becomes, and the, the other part of the lodge health assessment, again, I appreciate the question is the top 10 uh, lodges in terms of value in each of those seven competencies um, were asked by the district deputy to submit um, what it was that they did to be so, uh, to have the brethren have such a high value for uh, community engagement, for example. So the, the 10 lodges that had the highest value in that competency were asked to submit what it was that they were doing. And, you know, some did, not all, but some did. So those will eventually appear in the successful and best practices. So when you get down to the point of, well, what are we going to do to improve our community engagement? Well, let's go to successful and best practices. And hopefully there'll be 10 examples there. So a question that I have for you, uh, most worshipful brother. So you've been your your year as grandmaster is is coming to an end, kind of soonish. Um, well, say it ain't so. Oh. <laughs> you, you've got you've got a few more months left, uh, a few more a few more times that you can walk across the strait before you have to start taking the boat again. Yes. Um, is there anything that happened? during your year or anything that has that has been the case that when you were running for junior grand warden or even um, even when you were junior grand warden, senior grand warden and deputy grand master that you weren't expecting? Like has, has there been anything that it was really unexpected about being grandmaster? I guess it's the easiest way for me to say that. Hmm. Um, well, Yes. Yeah. I think that I think I, th I think every 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 grandmaster would 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 say yes. What most brethren don't know, and even when you're a grand line officer, you don't know uh, a lot of things that go on when when you the day after you become grandmaster, uh, figuratively or. Yeah, figuratively, a large file lands on your desk full of a whole bunch of stuff that, uh, in many cases, is extremely disappointing. Um, conflicts between, uh, between brothers, sometimes between lodges, uh, totally inappropriate uh, behavior that takes place. Um, Brethren that aren't really acting as Freemasons. Um, many in our jurisdiction know that, uh, you know, last Masonic year we had a fairly major Masonic trial that resulted in some fairly lengthy suspensions for brothers. 
Um, I can tell you that there are a, a whole, well, there are a number of those things that happen on a fairly regular basis that as Grandmaster you are aware of and to a greater or lesser extent have to participate in. Um, that to me was probably the, the biggest surprise. I mean, we're, we're an organization of human beings. And so, you know, we're all, we're all human and we are all also subject to our own foibles and failures. And I mean, I, you know, I understand that. I mean, I was a manager of people for 30 years and a consultant for 10 or 12. So, you know, I know, I know that the human condition can be challenging sometimes. I honestly didn't expect um, the extent of those kind of conflicts to be part of part of Freemasonry, mm -hmm. um, and it's it's the most disappointing part. So you know, when when people ask me what's it, how's it been, you know, what's it like to be Grand Master, my my response is one word: real. It's real. Right. There's some really, really, really wonderful. By and by and large, there's some really, really wonderful uh, Masonic experiences that that you have when you're serving the craft, and not not just as Grand Master, but uh, you know when you're a master of a lodge or, or a Grand Grand Committee Chair or uh, a District Deputy or a Grand Lodge appointee. There's some really wonderful moments that that come with that. And wonderful uh, moments is probably a great way to do a wrap up uh, of our conversation because <clears throat> uh, I'm connected to your Facebook page. So I see the travels and the posts that you make uh, uh, so far along your year. And it seems there's been lots of wonderful moments. And, um, oh, you know, yeah. maybe it'd be great if you could touch on some really unique uh, ones that stand out as, as being exceptional for you. Well, um, you know, when you visit districts, uh, and I, I've had the good fortune in my previous career, uh, I did, I've worked in virtually every community in, in, uh, in BC and a few in Yukon. So, you know, there are places that I've been before, uh, but when you, when you go to, when you go to, uh, our jurisdiction, you travel the jurisdiction, you know, we're all Freemasons. And the fundamentals are all the same. The, the flavor and the uh, application of Freemasonry differs when you travel, when you travel around. Freemasonry on the island is different than the mainland, which is different in the Okanagan, which is different in the Kootenays, which is different in the north. And it's really different in Yukon. And, and it's all good. They're all good. And so I think one of the loveliest realizations that you take is that you realize just like that old, that old uh, talk about religious faith. There's a uh, hundred paths at the base of a mountain, but when you get to the summit, they all come together. And, and really in our jurisdiction, we have some substantial regional differences geographically, economically, socially. The common thread through the craft is that we're all brothers. How that manifests itself is different depending on uh, which part of the province you're in. But the differences are all good. 
and it's it really broadens uh, broadens your understanding. You know, and I've I've encouraged brothers to try to travel and visit outside of their own district. Uh, and for the lower mainland guys to go north or east of Hope because it's it's different. Freemasonry is different and it really broadens your 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 take. So as you're a past uh, associate grand guardian of Job's daughters, uh, I'd like to quote uh, one of your one of the other past associate grand guardians. Um, that would be uh, Mr. Chris Crota. Uh, and when he was associate grand guardian, there was something he always said uh, that there wasn't there was never a hope that he would go that far east. <laughs> um so He's I, way more profound than me so <laughs> uh so i've got one i've got one last question for you from my from my end but before i ask that question i just want to uh if there's anyone watching in our comments right now if you have any questions for the grandmaster before we uh we end this episode please post those in the live chat and we can bring them to his attention but um, first of all, I, I, I know what the highlight of your year has been so far. It's when I hit you on the head with a sword, right? <laughs> there you are. Yeah. You are. Uh, yeah that, was, that was very nice. That was a nice moment. <laughs> um, that was when he got, that's when uh, I dubbed him an honorary Legion of Honor, which was one of my proudest moments of the year as well. So my question for you is, is for all of those watching, be it live or be it after the fact, do you have any advice for anyone who is interested in in going into grand into the grand line and, and running for for eventually becoming grandmaster or to a lesser well not a lesser extent but to an equal extent be running for provincial master councillor of BC Demolay or first grand principal of Royal Arch or president of the Rotary Club like that sort of any advice that you have for people who who are aspiring to roles of leadership? Well. You know, I, I would say that really what really I think where your motivation should lie is first and foremost, uh, do you have a passion and a love for the organization uh, of which you are a member? Uh, do you have do you have a belief in your background, your interests? your skills? Do you have a belief that those can be useful and applicable? Uh, and do you believe those that background skills and interests uh, can make a difference? If you believe you can, if you believe in, in those areas, uh, by all means, uh, take the steps. You know, not all of us are uh, not all of us have that that uh, inner self-confidence to to put ourselves forward. Uh, but if you look at if you if you just examine your organization and let's say take a look and see see how you believe you could make a difference. If you believe you could make a difference, that's that should be the motivation to take that next step and. You know, in our organization, being uh, being elected by your brothers to serve is a pretty empowering, uh, pretty empowering moment. Uh, and but you really do have to think about it carefully because 
if if you don't have all of those ingredients and you do get elected, uh, the one thing you don't want to do is you never want to disappoint your brothers. Mm -hmm. And uh, so sometimes, you know, some, sometimes people think, yes, it'd be pretty nice. You know, I, I, I get to wear a fancy apron and a collar and I get a title in the end and on all that sort of thing. Uh, sometimes you can get distracted by the bells and whistles. And it's just, a, a, you know, critical self-assessment. And for me, I mean, the big thing for me is if you believe you can make a difference, then uh, take the step. Fantastic. Well, I haven't seen anything in the comments uh, for questions for the Grandmaster. So, Steve, is there anything else you want to say? I just want to thank the Grandmaster for... Um, uh, agreeing to come on our podcast and uh, experience his first podcast with us in, yeah. in a large uh, uh, atmosphere and um, welcome him back. Um, the, uh, the honor has been ours to, to have you with us. Uh, we uh, know that your time is very valuable and, and very consumed these days. So we appreciate you making the time for us. Um, and uh, if uh, once you're once you have more time and would like to come back on, please let us know, and we'll yeah. be more than happy to have you back anytime. After after Grand Lodge, you should come out to Victoria. We can go golfing because I know you don't get to do that enough. And then yeah. and then yeah. you can come on a podcast and talk about what it's like to be the immediate past Grandmaster. Well, there there might be one more thing that could be very interesting if we were able to get permission to run a podcast live at Grand Lodge might be more reason for me to get there. There you go. Well, you know, I'm, I'm all in, I'm all into, uh, I'm all in for uh, taking advantage of the technology that, that exists. You know, we, we've been, uh, we've been moving uh, committee meetings onto Zoom, uh, you know, face-to-face -face, uh, online to overcome some of the geographical challenges that we have in our organization. Um, I, I see the day when, um, when brethren that may not be able to attend lodge are, are able to engage with their lodge because of that te technological connection. So, you know, a podcast from, uh, from Grand Lodge communication would be, uh, would be phenomenal. If I can uh, say something, Grandmaster, um, when I was provincial master counselor for BC Demolay, uh, there was one brother who was super, super sick, but he still wanted to be involved at a meeting. So um, I had spoken with our executive officer and uh, the rest of Demolay, and we gave permission for him to actually Skype into the meeting. So he, right. was, he was in bed sick, but he was still able to be at the meeting, not in person. So that, that just made me think of that. Yeah. Well, but but with that said, um, is there any last remarks you want to make, Grandmaster? Just, you know, this is, again, my first experience, as, as Steve noted. Uh, you know, I've heard about podcasts, never participated in one, um, let alone actually viewed one before. I mean, this is a, this is a remarkable, this is a remarkable uh, avenue for communication. And thinking in terms of uh, some practical outcomes, you know, the title of your 
of your uh, podcast, Working Tools, is is perfect. It's absolutely perfect for brethren to engage and have conversations uh, that add some depth and breadth to their Freemasonry that they may not otherwise get uh, through their lodge. And my big thing is we don't want to lose the brothers that we have. And so we have to make sure that we're engaging, engaging our brothers in their Freemasonry that's elevating the quality of Freemasonry they experience so that we, you know, we keep them in long enough that they really start to get the true benefits of Freemasonry because it doesn't happen instantaneously. You've got to stay with us for a few years. Some of us take longer than others to finally grasp what it means to be a brother in this craft. So any mechanism that we can use that keeps the brethren engaged until they get to that point uh, where then Freemasonry will become self-sustaining uh, during their lifetime, that's any mechanism that we can use is, is worth pursuing. And I, I congratulate you for putting this together because this is a, another great avenue to do that. Well, so with that, my brothers, thank you so much for uh, having me on and uh, we'll look forward to hearing about more podcasts in the future. Definitely. Well, with that said, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, a big thanks to the most worshipful Grand Master for joining us, as my uh, colleague Steve had said. Uh, if you are, if you enjoyed watching this episode today, make sure you subscribe and hit the uh, bell notification so that you get uh, up-to-date information on when we are going live. And follow us on Facebook. The link is down below. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, brother and all, thank you for tuning in. And we look forward to seeing you next time.